This is Jack Scallions. Would you join me for just a few moments from my heart to yours? A teenager arriving home after a church youth meeting was asked by his parents the topic of the speaker's message. The youth replied, he talked all about sin. Oh, his parents said, and what did he say? The teenager replied, he said he was against it. Well, the teen statement sums up the broad outlook held by most of the Christian community. When you remove the generalities and look at the specifics, all of a sudden the answer is not always cut and dried. Sin, defined by many, has a yardstick approach. Little sins, big sins, and a range in between allow some to be condemned and others excluded, especially if the act is in the life of somebody else. The biblical definition of sin is anything that is against the character and the nature of God. Sin was introduced into the human race when Adam and Eve exerted their will against the express commandment of God. Sin, then, is divided either in a thought or deed of commission or omission. Since the entire human race was potentially in Adam as our federal head, sin is a universal problem. All of humanity has that Adamic nature in all sin because we are all sinners. No man can argue against the existence of sin. Nothing has cut such gashes or plowed such furrows or wrought such havoc as sin. Sin is the undertaker at every funeral. It is the cause of every tear that blisters the cheek. There is no escape through psychology, psychiatry, logic, or reason. Even a believer in Christ will retain that old Adamic sin nature along with the new nature of Christ. From the moment of conversion, the battle rages between the two natures as seen graphically in Romans chapter 7. The difference between a child of God and a child of the devil is that a child of God may lapse into sin, and if so, he loathes it. A child of the devil may leap into sin and love it. Paul Lawrence Dunbar said it best in his poem, This is the price I pay just for one riotous day. Years of regret and grief, sorrow without relief, pay it I will to the end until the grave, my friend. Give me a true release, gives me the clasp of peace. Slight was the thing I bought, small was the debt I thought, poor was the loan at best, O oh God, but the interest. It stands without rebuke that all men are sinners. Though millions cradle their heads in sleep each night, debauchery is awake, and lust is awake, murder is awake, and all the vileness that damns the world is still awake. Wine and champagne sparkle and beer foams over the rim of the cup. Whiskey attaches its vile tentacles in the lives of men, making women, widows, and children urchins of society. Jezebel spreads their net. Women go about intent on debasing motherhood and drawing men with loose morals into the net of lust. Delilah shears the locks of young Samson's, which like fools rest their heads in her lap. You cannot walk the streets of any city at night and deny there is sin. You cannot ride down a country road at the noonday hour and not realize there is sin. Sin is everywhere. It is a matter of human experience by nature and by choice. Paul in Romans chapter 3 describes its effect on man.
from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, there are putrefying sores that cannot be bound up nor mollified with ointment. God gives a spiritual autopsy in these verses and concludes, He looks at man's hands and says they're lifted up to shed blood. He looks at his feet and says they're swift in running to mischief. He looks at his eyes and says there's no fear of God before them. He pulls back the lip and says the poison of asps is under his lips. He looks into his mouth and says his mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. He looks down into the throat of man and said their throat is an open sepulcher. He gets heaven's stethoscope, listens to the heart, and declares the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The great physician says the patient has a Jacob heart, an incurable heart, and must have a new heart. Like a mighty warrior, sin has marched down from the Garden of Eden, leaving in its trail a wake of tears and death and anarchy and night. It has filled every prison, placed stripes on every convict, and erected every asylum and hospital. All are guilty, and all have an eternal debt to be paid. The good news today is that Christ paid that debt. Christ is the Lamb of God, sent to this world to take away the sin of the world. Guilty, vile, and helpless we, spotless Lamb of God was He, full atonement can it be. Hallelujah, what a Savior, Philip P. Bliss wrote. Because Christ was born of a virgin, He had no human father. Therefore, no sin nature nor sin debt. Jesus stands in contrast to you and me like a blood-red rose in a bouquet of lilies. In Adam all die, in Christ all are made alive. The choice is simple. The debt is ours to pay. Realize it is an eternal debt because it is against an eternal God. Man can pay his own debt if he chooses, but being finite will pay it throughout eternity. Christ and Christ alone can pay an eternal debt in a moment of time for an infinite number of people. His payment was so sufficient that God looked on his substitutionary vicarious death and declared his righteous judgment satisfied, propitiated, paid in full. I'm thankful for that today. Remember, this is Jack Scaines, and I want to thank you for allowing me the opportunity today to share just a few moments from my heart to yours.